Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics and you get sports. And it is a double TV day today on the Crossover Podcast as we are going to first off talk about a little Game of Thrones. And then we're going to bring on Jess and Craig a little bit later to recap this week's crazy episode of The Bachelorette. But right now, we're talking the Season 1, or sorry, Season 7, Episode 1 premiere titled Dragonstone of Game of Thrones. With me here today is Rob Callflash. How's How you guys going, Rob? I'm doing good. Winter came. Yeah, winter did come indeed. And Mike Leapock is also here rounding out our Game of Thrones trifecta. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing well. Hello, hello. All right. Great to have you guys here. Um, let's start with Mike. In one word, how would you describe the Game of Thrones Season 7 premiere? Baller. Baller? Yeah. And how about you, Rob, for one word? Awesome. Awesome. But I would like to extend it to just go watch the small clip from The Incredibles with the kid's reaction when Mr. Incredible picks up the car. That was totally <laughs> wicked! Um, <laughs> wicked, that was the word, yes. Yeah, so... <laughs> I would. My one word is the very small concatenated YouTube clip. <laughs> URL. <laughs> um, I think you might be surprised by my answer, because the word I'm going to use? Mediocre. Mediocre, I think. I mean, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. I enjoy I enjoyed the episode. Here's the thing. I think this is one of the and I'm I'm using like the the largest air quotations you could ever possibly use when I say I think this is one of the Game of Thrones bad episodes. Cause there's not really a bad episode of Game of Thrones. There's just lackluster episodes where they have to do things where they're moving pieces around on their chessboard, right? And Basically, that that's kind of what they were doing. They were they were moving everybody around on the chessboard. But I think what they did was they were like, "Here, okay, here's what we're gonna do. We we've got we have to move all the pieces around on our chessboard in the first episode. But what we'll do is we'll give a cold open so awesome <laughs> that no one will give a fuck what goes on for the rest of the episode, right? Like, <laughs> I, was, I was telling Mike yesterday that if they just had the short clip before the opening uh, title. If that was the whole season, yeah, I'd be content. It's like just give Arya the MVP. Yeah, like if <laughs> just, just shut it down right there. It's like all right, two four minutes into the first episode, she knocks it out of the park. It's all over, people. Like like that that opening scene was so that good. Actually, sustain me till next year. <laughs> that opening scene was so good that honestly they like. I mean, they made us wait the extra three months or whatever it was for, for Game of Thrones this year. And if they, yeah. like, having, you know, make us wait the extra three months, if the first episode was just four minutes long and it was just her going, you know, tell everybody winter came for the phrase, and then her, and then instead of opening, going, you know, right to the to the opening credit sequence, it went to the end credit sequence, and that was the end of the episode, I would have been like, woo! Yeah! Great episode! Welcome back, Game of Thrones! <laughs> so yeah. awesome well, but well, that's, that's right basically actually kind of how i see that episode anyway like, <laughs> yeah the thing is, is that nothing really happened other than like that but it, it was still good like it was yeah. 
like how I saw it was it just really, really well summed up where everyone's at. It's like, all right, remember mm-hmm. all the characters you care about? This is where everyone is. And it takes about an hour to do that because it's Game of Thrones and there's like 80 characters. So it's like, this is where everyone is. Hey, remember the phrase? This is where they are. This <laughs> <laughs> is where they were. <laughs> I want to give a specific shout out to the Crossover Podcast's own Kevin Miller. Now, I read a lot of Game of Thrones, you know, people speculating and fan theories and whatnot. I read a lot, you know, I listened to a lot of other Game of Thrones podcasts, you know, so so I even, because, like, even I have trouble memorizing all of this stuff, because it's basically, you know, a Dungeon Master's Guide, this entire show, and I don't recall hearing one person, other than Kevin Miller, our boy, who suggested that Arya might masquerade herself as, as Walder Frey and do something yeah. with, with that and ended up killing the rest of the phrase with it. So, although, like, he he suggested that he, like, send the phrase to King's Landing to try to murder all the Lannisters, which probably would have been more, would have made more sense, but uh, wouldn't have been as cool as as that moment. But that was, that was fantastic. So, so big ups to Kevin Miller. He's the only guy in the in the vast, vast world of the internet that, that I can recall banging that drum of, of Arya impersonating Walder Frey. So, so good on him. Uh... You know, they say poison is a woman's weapon, you guys. <laughs> so, man. I really like... I'm not sure if you guys have seen any of the, the, the like, DVD interstitials that they... I think they're on the Blu-rays or some, something, but they do all these, like, lore credits, and a lot of them are on YouTube. And there's one where, uh, what is it, Pedro Pascal, who played Oberyn Martell, voiced, uh, did, like, a, th- um, a thing on all the poisons in Game of Thrones, and, like, he explained all the, like, different poisons and what, and what they do. And uh, and we both we all know that Oberyn Martell was the Red Viper who you know po- used poison weapons and he had this great line at the beginning of the thing where he goes basically the gist of it he goes you know whoever whoever the the gist of the line he said whoever said you know poison is a woman's weapon is a complete fool because like it, basically in the Game of Thrones lore it takes months and months to synthesize a potion so so Oberyn's like thought process is basically. You gotta really hate a motherfucker to spend like months concocting a poison <laughs> so that you can then use it on some dude, right? So he's like, he's ba- like the character is basically like woman's weapon. I don't think so, right? Like, like, like you gotta really hate a guy to be like, yeah. all right, in seven months you're gonna get it, buddy, <laughs> right? Like... Oh god. Uh, the Stark sigil made was on Winterfell in the opening credits. That was pretty sweet. First time oh. since I think the first episode that the Stark no, sigil. It was it was on at the the finale of the last season. Oh right 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 because it went down yeah. in uh, yeah Dragonstone I think was in the opening credits for the first time since season two I want to say. Yeah yeah, yeah. Almost certainly yeah and uh, Old Town when was the last time have we have we been to Old Town yet I don't remember Old Town yeah, being we, in. The... We were at Old Town in the finale. In the finale, so it, it yeah, made the was, opening. Those, credits. Sam showed up and then he goes to the librarian. And uh, remember, he he basically just gets to the library, and that's it. Right. And he he convinces them that he's going to be the new maester. And then, then oh, that, that classic yeah. bitch line where uh, where Gilly and and uh, little Sam try to follow, and he's just like, "No women are children." Yeah. <laughs> the we could talk about. Well, I think that's a good segue into the Sam maester intern internship scene shit show is a good a good way to describe it i guess very apt description rob um i mean that montage went on 
I mean, you ran. The, I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I ran the gamut of emotions of this is disgusting to this is hilarious to okay, this is going on a little bit longer than I needed to go on, you know. So like, I don't know. I ran the gamut of emotions during the the this the Samwell Tarly Maester internship sequence. How did you feel about that, Rob? Uh, it did go on a lot longer than I thought it was going to, and it was the only sequence that seemed out of place to me mm-hmm. because they did do it in a montage, and thankfully they did it in a montage, and didn't, we didn't just have ten minutes straight of acting shit and, <laughs> and serving food and rinse and repeat. Yeah, but uh, it, it was amusing. But I definitely thought would have a potential problem with it being it too close to characters just farting and shitting their pants yeah well i mean i get it like you know me i'm not i'm not big on the toilet humor stuff and and i get that they, they were going for it but i mean like i was okay with them showing it once or i was i was okay with them showing it a couple of times just to really drive the the point home that it's like okay this guy is really actually like cleaning he's basically like a like a nurse and yeah. the uh He's basically like a yeah. nurse slash the guy who like took care of the stacks in your libraries in college, right? Like that, that was basically. But he didn't get to read any of the books, and there was like like this. He didn't actually get to learn anything, and and. Uh, well, the ones he wanted to read were behind a locked gate. Yeah, exactly. I always thought it was weird that like I like the arc for Sam in that episode was a little strange because I was sitting there like Sam finally steals the book at the end of that episode. I guess we should have mentioned spoiler alert because we're reviewing this episode. So if you haven't seen it, go, but like, whatever, here we are in the middle of it. Um, like Sam already knew that there was dragon glass in Dragonstone because Stannis told him in, I don't know what season five or something like that. I, yeah. I think it was season five when they were both at the wall and for the big revelation after the internship of, of cleaning out feces and vomit, for him to be like, oh yeah, I was reminded of something I technically already knew. Got to get a raven to John, and it was I was just kind of like, really? <laughs> like I was like, that's it? <laughs> like it was just something we already knew. But I, whatever. I, I'm 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 willing to go with it at this point. Like I'm all in basically. I just I I hope we don't have to see Sam cleaning out uh, feces again for the rest of the yeah. season. Well. I just thought of it right now. So on that same note that he needs to send a Raven, um, he forgot to send a Raven in like season one or two or whatever, when they were North of the wall. Right. I guess it wouldn't be one, but when they were North of the wall and needing to send the Ravens back. Yes. Yes. Uh, that... He did. He forgot to do it then. So, so he's learning. He's learning is, is what you say. Um, I kind of liked, well, Okay. To say I liked the montage would be a strong saying uh, because it was disgusting. Yeah. But it was I, – I did appreciate it for what it was. And yeah. I do have to say that I did part of the way – like near the end expect money by Pink Floyd to start playing. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> or at least the cash register noise at some point, right? Well, like, honestly, yeah. it was like halfway through. It was like boom, psh, blah, psh, it's like boom, 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 <laughs> they just needed a baseline at some point yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it wasn't great i man i had some problems with some of the scenes in this movie or movie in this episode uh 
We did get a Jorah apparent, a little Jorah cameo though in the uh, in the scene as the grayscale is clearly spreading on him. Um, yeah, yeah it, it's like it's it was that was kind of like a just so you know Jorah is still miserable. Yeah, he's still miserable. <laughs> he's still alive, and he's, he's still and he's still like a loser, like such a loser. <laughs> like oh my god, like honestly, one of the biggest loser characters in in the history of television. Jorah Mormont, like, he sticks his arm out and he does the, like, is she here? <laughs> and then it's like, dude, Daenerys... you're literally falling apart. <laughs> it's like, Maybe dude, take care of that situation. you've got bigger <laughs> issues other than the chick who you're not going to ever get laid off of because you have no game. Oh, God, it's, just, it's absolutely also, terrible. Your dick is covered in scales. So. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like priorities, dude, priorities. And I mean, I guess the thing that they were trying to get across there is that he's just so, you know, delirious with the grayscale that he, that all he could think of, the only thing keeping him alive is the thought of Daenerys Targaryen, and it's just like, God, what a loser. <laughs> it's just... Well, that, and it, that, that was the shortest... Yeah, like the shortest scream time they could have done to in like to show him without actually showing him. Yeah, like just be like, all right, let's do an arm and be like, is she here? And then everyone's like, oh, it's Jorah. Look at that. Uh, yeah, and you know that wasn't the actor who plays jo- who plays Jorah. I'm, I'm forgetting his name right now. Uh, you know that wasn't him. Uh, <laughs> in the suit, he was he uh, Ian Ian Glenn is his name. Uh, you know that wasn't Ian Glenn's arm, right? That was just some intern's arm, and then Ian Glenn was in a in a booth, like, in a voiceover booth somewhere, just going, oh, yeah, "Is Daenerys sure. Targaryen there?" <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> oh God, the the voiceover booth, the sweetest plum, the sweetest plum of money. Oh God, uh. I mean, I, like the ice giants. Does the fact that we know they can bring the giants back lend any credence in your mind, Leepok, to my ice dragon theory that that one of Daenerys's dragons will be killed and resurrected as as an ice dragon? Uh, not necessarily, mm-hmm. because I think that I mean maybe it depends. I think the the thing is is that the the dragons are much more creatures of magic mm-hmm. of what I've seen is that they're more born of magic, whereas giants seem more actually naturally occurring. Um, so they, it's more likely that they would be able to just, you know, they can bring back whatever is living. Like uh, like in the books, um, there's that, in I think in the second season, there's that battle with, there's a giant battle with the White Walkers that's actually not shown on screen. Right. Um, it, it's like they, you know, just hinted at, and then all of a sudden they're like broken up and all running away into the into the snow. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the books, they in that battle they've got a, a giant grizzly bear that runs around and like wrecks shit Ooh. up. So from the very beginning in the books, we know that that they can raise things other than humans, but like animals and crap. Yeah. So it kind of depends on whether or not a dragon counts as an animal. Yeah. Or. <laughs> Or not. My vote is that it does. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they should. <laughs> um, like, because I mean, they have undead horses, right? Like, they've got the they, they've they've got the ice horses that they they ride in on. So, uh, I don't know. I'm still pulling for the uh, for the dragon. Uh... Yeah, there's also some weird theory. I honestly can't remember. I haven't I haven't read in on it in a while. But there's some weird theory that there is actually another dragon. And it is kind of like an undead ice dragon, or it can be raised or something. And it either lives underneath Winterfell or underneath uh, in the Iron Islands. And I can't remember where. 
but it's like some sort of weird like there's like a theory that there's a because it was hinted in some off text in some such a thing somewhere that there is another a dragon that can be raised and so the ice dragon could actually pop up but it may not be an undead thing like it may not be the ice king that does it it could be like some other magic Ooh, i like that um interesting I like that very much. Uh, Rob Cuffflesh, uh, excluding the obvious answer of the Arya poisoning the Frey sequence, what was your favorite uh, moment of the... So I guess what I'm technically asking you is, what is your second favorite moment of the, uh, <laughs> of, of the uh, opening opening scene? Uh, Sansa just... Cutting off Littlefinger was pretty great. That was Sa- Sansa. <laughs> they were calling her Sansa yeah. Snark on the internet. That was great. Sansa was Snark. Yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah. No need to get the last word, Littlefinger. I'll just assume something clever. <laughs> I also really, I, I, after that, I also really like the line of, oh, apparently dragons aren't the only thing in the world that spit hot fire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then she gives the three snaps in a Z formation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh god, so bad. Um, man, they're really planting the seeds for Sansa versus John in season seven, aren't they? Like, oh man, they are coming. Those two are going to be clashing over, well, over really, before it's I really all over. Hope that what's funny is that okay, so Littlefinger obviously wants them to clash. Yeah, and I really hope they surprise him by simply being two adults and talking about their problems. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, wouldn't that be great if they just threw every TV trope right out the window and just communicated and talked to each other? Yeah. That would be amazing. Well, that's been a big thing in Game of Thrones is is subverting the tropes, right? Like, I mean, your hero gets yeah. killed at the end of season one, so like, I mean, it wouldn't be very entertaining, but it would certainly be like funny as hell i think it'd be incredibly entertaining like to have a nice oh, yeah. breath of fresh air of two people speaking like reasonable adults and working through their problems <laughs> <laughs> and then you see in the background just like little finger throws his hat on the ground and goes oh dang it <laughs> it's like well that didn't work he's like well that didn't work he's like well try something else <laughs> but yeah i mean they're real. it i mean it's basically gonna be uh so it's basically it, it it's going to be Sansa versus John for control of Winterfell before this is all over, and John's going to end up. I well, I feel like he's going to end up because John's got to run into Daenerys at some point, doesn't he? Considering yeah. they're the two main characters, he's of... got to go get that dragon glass. Yeah, he's and got, yeah, and now he actually has a reason to. Two, right? Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, they're kind of the two most main. They're two like main heroes of the show, and we're sixty-one hours into the show; those two have never interacted. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, I mean, what what is the title of the the series? A Song of Ice Song and Fire. Fire right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And that is, like a lot of people from the beginning have thought that the the, I mean, that the ice is John and the fire is Danny. Mm-hmm. I and like so it. It's, that's the story. Is the story is of the two of them, mm-hmm. or or a greater idea of the uh the story of the Starks and the Targaryens kind of yeah. coming together. Yeah. I like it. Um, and you can't get more together than a someone who's half Stark, half Targaryen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mike Lupak, what was your, again, technically second favorite moment of the first episode? Well, it's got to be that. Um, the other one, though, I'll say, like, definitely it was, okay, that whole scene, anything that was in that room. Okay, that's oh. not true. Okay, so so the scene of Sansa shutting Littlefinger down was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
The next one would have been uh, I'm gonna go with another female character of uh, Leanna Mormont. Yeah, yes. just improving on her Rookie of the Year campaign from oh season six, right? Like, so like, good. like back just starting, just dunking on people still, right? Like, <laughs> yes, just absolutely. Yeah. Is it the same guy every time in that same fucking room? He stands up and he's like, er, we don't want girls fighting in our army. And she's like, shut up and sit down. And he's like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> like everything so he good. says. Make sure she's done on him like three times yeah. in that one meeting that spanned a couple of episodes. Yeah, <laughs> it's bad. It was really bad. Um, <laughs> she's so awesome. And yeah, I, I love her so much. Yeah, God. If Honestly, if the show was, if, if they changed the name of the show to just like, Lady Mormont, and we just watched her go for the next fourteen hours or whatever's left. I'd be like, I'm okay with it. <laughs> like, well, honestly, so even if they, I mean, w- w- this episode was very much just ladies of Game of Thrones dunking on all the guys, mm-hmm. and it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like Arya slaughters an entire home. Sansa points out, you know, John's terrible logic. Yeah. Lana Mormont is just awesome. Hilarious. Yeah, all the time, awesome. <laughs> Oh god, it's so good. Um, whose side were you on, Rob? T- were you Team Sansa or, or Team John in that whole uh, that whole debate of what to do with the traitor with the traitor families? That's a that's a good question. I think for the show, I'm gonna say John. Yeah. And I'm just gonna leave it at the show. Because in any sort of real life situation, I don't care to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What do you mean, Mike? Mike, hashtag uh, Team Sansa or hashtag Team John? Well, I started off agreeing with Sansa yeah. until you know we knew all the information that John did. Where yeah. it turns out that those families are already crippled. Yeah, like it's basically these yeah. two children are <laughs> the are the heads of the family now, and they're they're the ones that are going to be thrown out to the curb. Mm-hmm. It's but like it yeah, okay, them that made. Yeah, it wasn't them that did it, and it wasn't um, like it, it wasn't it wasn't the, the, them that actually did the problem. And the big thing is, it's like he it, that is so John mm-hmm. making that decision. It is very very much like him to be like, no, you know what? The people who committed the crime paid for it, and you know what? It's their house. Just let them have it. And instead, we'll make these new great allies instead of ensuring that the car starts and numbers never speak to us again. Mm-hmm. I mean, I gotta say I was on, I was, I, I think I'm in the same boat as you, Mike. I was on team Sansa initially when like Sansa was sitting there going, what the hell are you doing? This is the same mistake, you know, your dad and your brother made, right? Where yeah. it was, it was just like, you're being too honorable. They, they're going to come back and stab you in the back. But then when he was like, you know, what was it like Ned Umber and like I, I don't know the other one Melissa uh, I think it was Alice Alice Carstark or something like that yeah and then it was like a seven year old and a ten year old girl I was like okay yeah maybe you can, <laughs> you can yeah I'm like all right now that now that like in light of new evidence I believe <laughs> yeah, that exactly. like it's like in light of, of new evidence I believe you can rebuild that from the ground up right <laughs> like, he can control them and he can not only like not even really control but he can yeah. influence them as they mm-hmm. as they grow up and yeah. saying okay guess what if you cross me i'll fucking kill you yeah but if you don't we're all good like <laughs> yeah uh my second favorite so, moment 
when, when you were on uh, Sansa's side before you had all the information, did you agree with the idea of destroying the castles and just tearing it down? Absolutely. Oh, God, no, uh, no yeah, I did. Okay. I was. I oh, I said absolutely. I was like, well, no, not castles. No, not tearing the castles. Yeah, not tearing the castles. I would have just given them to somebody else. Like, didn't she say give them to somebody yeah. else? Maybe I like. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't yes. have just been like, we're destroying these castles. I would have been like, no, we're going to use these. It's just they'll no longer fly the flags of those particular <laughs> families that Let's really... evict them. Yeah, that really boned us when we were going to war. Um, yeah, I, was, I really like that line of Sansa where it was, uh, the castles committed no crimes. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah, it was great. Um, my second favorite moment was easily, easily... Tormund eye fucking the shit out of Brienne when she was fighting with, uh, with like, when she was fighting with Pod, training Pod. So good. I was just like, God, this They're is brilliant. Fighting and he's like, she, she's training me. He's like, you're a lucky man. Yeah. So, like, God, I love it. I mean, anyone who ships Jamie and Brienne over Brienne and Tormund, I'm sorry. That's just not someone I want to associate myself with. Like, like hashtag, like, Bremond, I guess you would call them, right? Like that would be their celebrity combined name, Bremond. Oh God. Um, speaking of celebrities, Ed Sheeran makes a a random appearance in this episode as a, as a Lannister soldier in I don't one of the worst scenes in the history of the show. I don't know. Like I'm not exactly sure what that scene accomplished. What did that scene accomplish for you, Leepak? I, you know what? I actually liked it. Like, okay, the fact that it was, it was there, it's like, yeah. whatever. Yeah, I know. I don't, okay. like, Ed Sheeran's... I, I don't care. I don't know Ed Sheeran. I don't care okay, about the three. Okay, the three of us on this podcast are a combined, almost, like, a combined 90 years old. Ed Sheeran yeah. is teenage pop girl music, is he not? Like, he shouldn't yeah, even like, be well, on okay, our radar. You know why so, he was on there? He probably Maisie just Williams asked. is a huge fan. Is she? Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm, Maybe I... Williams is a huge, huge fan of Ed Sheeran. Okay. And so David Benioff got him on as a surprise for her. Yeah. As in, guess, you know, apparently they've been trying to do it for a couple of years. Oh, okay. And they were like, hey, guess what? Who we got to do a cameo mm. and a scene with you. And it was, you know, it was this big thing just as basically a present for her. Yeah. To be like, okay, we got someone on and he's going to do this bit thing. Now, getting past the Ed Sheeran thing, let's just replace him with someone else who can sing. Let's assume he's nobody. Yeah, like I don't, you know, whatever. I actually really like the scene because it it slowed things down a bit, and it showed like so for so long, Arya has been basically just becoming a murder machine, mm-hmm. and she had just killed an entire house, and it was really nice to have a human moment with her, and not just a human moment with her, but having a human moment with the Lannisters. So you have two people, like two essentially, you know, groups of people. You've got the, you know, the murder, the murder lady of the Starks and this, you know, group of Lannister soldiers. And it just shows them as people just having a conversation. And that's what war really is. Like, it kind of reminds you that these these uh, these huge groups of people, these hundreds and thousands of people that are crashing into each other, and they're not just all monsters. And they're just, you know, in for a paycheck. They got their families at home. They got their their own shit to do. And, you know, it's it was just a nice little humanizing moment for everybody. And so that, you know, next maybe the next time you see a bunch of Lannister soldiers getting killed by a bunch of whatever, like, you think, oh, Maybe it was those people. And then you think about, you know, their time home. And it's, I don't know. I think it was a nice little thing. 
Yeah, like, I, I completely agree. Because I'll tell you, here's what I thought was going to happen. I thought Arya was going to, like, because obviously she recognized they were Lannister soldiers. I thought she was going to murderize them all and then use their clothes and one of their right. faces to get back into King's Landing, right? Also, can I, I just say, how amazing is it that at this point of the show, you can see Arya alone mm-hmm. with a group of Lannister soldiers and legit feel afraid for the Lannister soldiers. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> so great, seven years later. Considering I was watching season one and she was like literally 11 years old or whatever, and like serial, serial, remember there was that scene, he throws the sword and she drops it and he goes, tomorrow you will catch it. <laughs> right? like, like, to see her go from that to now she's sitting in a forest next to Ed Sheeran and random Lannister soldiers and you're like, man, none of these guys have a chance, right? Like, <laughs> look, at, look at how far away their swords are exactly it's <laughs> like they're so screwed. yeah but you're, yeah, you're... funny something something that i read was it was like it's like when you go back uh to an earlier part of a video game after leveling up elsewhere yeah oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah yeah like i remember that in final fantasy 10 where there was that one underwater monster that attacks you when you're like level five and you have to run away from it and then when you come back and you're level 99 and it's like (laughs) (laughs) you like one shot it with the sword and the guy's like it's just like yeah what now (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's basically what it was that's good stuff though um yeah i just I, i mean i agree with you that basically that's like that scene the purpose of that scene was to kind of humanize Arya and to to let her let it know that she she's very intricate in what she does. Like everything she does is by design, right? She's not just a oh there are some Lannister soldiers kill those guys. Like she she is very specific in the 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 people she wants dead. And yeah, now that she's, she's a real person, like she, yeah. she can still laugh and mm-hmm. smile, which is nice. Yeah. <laughs> So good, excellent. So yeah, I did. I didn't actually mind that scene. Like I hated it when at first because I was just kind of like I was a bit like crusty, where it was like, the hell was that? Right? It's like it's like Ed Sheeran was. It's like Ed Sheeran was singing, and then nothing happened. And then I thought about it later on when I was rethinking about the episode in my head, and I was like, ah, oh, yeah, I guess it, you know, let us know that she was doing that. But yeah, like I said, my initial reaction was, you know, the hell was that? Um, well, some of the same things also apply to the Lannister soldiers. Yeah. Too. Like, they're not all Cersei, where it's just out to kill all the Starks and all that. They're there doing their own thing as well. Um, Who's there getting a and when, Yeah, exactly. And when Arya actually answers truthfully about why she's going to King's Landing and says to kill the Queen, pause and look at her, there's that split second where we're also thinking that, okay, now she's going to kill them, and then they all just start laughing. Yeah, that 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 was really good. And it, like it, the Cersei stuff goes back to me uh, talking about how they were literally moving che- like this. This episode yeah. was a little mediocre to me because they're moving chess pieces to the point where they literally drew a map on the ground to explain to the audience where all the chess pieces were. Right? Like, like Arya is like, these guys are over here, and these guys are over here, and those guys are there, and then here we are, <laughs> like just surrounded by enemies. <laughs> Seriously, I looked I looked at it slightly different. I looked at that map on. On the floor is like, see, now I control everything. It's right here. It's mine. <laughs> <laughs> right here on my floor. Uh, Mike Lee Park. <laughs> she's, just, uh, she's just go stomping around like Godzilla. Pew! <laughs> <laughs> Take that, Winterfell. 
Mike Leapock, do you think <laughs> that's great? Mike Leapock, do you think it's uh, any? Do you think it's coincidental that all of a sudden Cersei's dresses are containing a lot of high necklines? Uh-oh. <laughs> Foreshadowing! <laughs> I just noticed that. I'm like, oh my god, it's so brilliant. She's just wearing high necklines all the time. <laughs> like, whoever, whatever producer, director, wardrobe person said, you know, hey, let's do that. I was like, oh god, that's fucking brilliant. <laughs> She's yeah. just wearing all these high neckline dresses right before she gets choked out later on in the season. <laughs> I think everyone is... Uh... Uh, everyone's in their end game armor and she's just yeah. preparing for the neck attack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is just just yeah. so coming. Um what did you make of the year on Greyjoy scene, uh Lee Pock? What do you think he's he's going after to get for Cersei? I think he's trying to join you too. <laughs> really? I mean, he's just like looks like he's freaking dressed as like random Europop crap. Like, he, yeah, he did look like he he was dressed like he did have the like same facial hair that Edge had in Joshua Tree that is on yeah. on the Joshua Tree cover. Yeah, that is true. Um, um, I think honestly, I think he's uh, like I don't know what he's trying to do. He's I mean, the big thing is that in order to really get in with Cersei, he needs to uh, you know knock. Jamie down a couple of pegs, yeah, and he, you know, successfully did that with the, yeah the two good hands line that was pretty yeah. brilliant. And yeah, saying oh, you you killed your own brother, he's like, yeah, it was great. You should try it sometime. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like he said, he was going off to get something. I'll tell you what my first instinct was. Um, I thought he was going off to get Tyrion. Yeah. That's my thought as well. Yeah. Okay. So you guys are with me on that theory. Yeah. 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 yeah okay. He's going after. That, that's the one thing that would make her. And it also would, uh, uh, you know, support his, you know, yeah, I killed my brother. It was great. You should try that sometime. Same time, exactly. Yeah. A little more weight. It's like, yeah. here, here's another brother you can kill. It's like, I wasn't talking about you. And then just ice girl Jamie. He <laughs> <laughs> like, still used it to stuff Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> just stuff Tyrion in a sack. <laughs> like, just, yeah. Um, yeah, so the, yeah, the Euron thing. Again, it was just, it was a lot of them moving, uh pieces around because specifically based on Bran making it to the wall and the hounds little fire vision with Beric Dondarrion uh man the wall is coming down at the end of this season isn't it absolutely yeah there's there's way too much foreshadowing for that yeah it's just like so like the the hound and 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 those guys are heading there's some like hidden castle near the uh, edge of the wall or something was that what that well, was, I didn't quite not, pick up on that. Castle. There's a whole bunch of castles on the wall, okay. right? Like the wall just goes up to the, the the ocean. And but there's there's a whole bunch of castles along the wall. There's all these different mm. fortresses and stuff. Right. And I'm pretty sure that the hounds, uh, the hounds' vision was of the castle that Tormund's going to. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty oh, sure. Did they send Tormund to his death? I was thinking that earlier when they were when Tormund was like, "Well, that's where I'm headed." I was like, "Oh my god, they just sent Tormund to his death." <laughs> I was like, uh, "No, he can't die yet." Him and Brienne have to get up together. Yeah, it's so bad. God, uh, well, it's so bad. Yeah, sitting on the Iron Throne. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, Bran made it to the wall. Tormund, I'm worried about him. I think they might have sent him to this death. The Hound stuff I thought was 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 really nice. They they the callback to that uh what was that, season three stuff when he beat up that him and Arya stayed at that one dude in his daughter's house and then he beat him up at the end of the episode and Yeah, I stole think, it was, their, uh, I think yeah, it was season three, yeah. Yeah, stole their silver and then uh 
is that the is the but was that the same house? Yeah, that definitely was. Yeah, they, yeah. it was in the uh, in the opening sequence, like the you know previously on Game of Thrones. Oh, I didn't even see uh, that. Oh, I never yeah, saw that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, okay, there was before the episode. Just oh, one of those like remember this audience. <laughs> yeah, there, was, yeah, there okay. was a little summary thing, and it was pretty uh, long. Okay. And in it was the was a, a quick like flash of them doing that of him stealing their shit to remind and you of that they father daughter to death and died. Well, yeah. I guess they didn't starve to death. Yeah. They obviously died. Yeah, that that stuff and I thought was so really good though. How how much time has passed then? Because they were straight up skeletons. Oh, I just. It it doesn't take that much. All that. I I don't think it it doesn't take that long for a body to become a skeleton. Yeah. Well, I I don't even know because like Game of Thrones, I I don't even know. Like I've basically just thrown time and trying to figure out time yeah. frames out the it's window so for this show. To know what the timelines actually been? And because I don't I don't even believe that half these timelines are either happening at the same time, right? Like oh, they like definitely right? Are not. Right? So <laughs> I I just I'm kind of yeah I'm I'm, I'm kind of I I just let Game of Thrones be. I don't I don't kind of yeah. I don't try to figure out. The timelines. Although I, I'm, I'm worried about them doing Looper stuff with Bran. You know, in, in his time. I mean, technically they already did some Looper stuff with him in the, in the Hodor thing, right? Because he had to yeah. like work into Hodor to complete the hold the door loop. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping they don't go too heavy into that. With, I, I with can Bran. see them doing that um, at least once more. Yeah, that, that's kind of why I, I assume you're alluding possibly, possibly twice. Yeah, I assume you're alluding to the the theory that some people have that Bran was the one whispering to the Mad King, right? Yeah, the Bran was like there's that one all and that, accidentally. Yeah, yeah. There's that one, and then just like one, he goes back to the and just like every like reset game reset. Yeah, I, <laughs> so it goes I just... back to like the first. Uh, uh, like it goes back to the children kind of thing, right? And, yeah. and the first man. Yeah, I just hope they don't don't do too much Looper stuff. But uh, I, I I think they'll be I think I think they'll just sprinkle it in. I don't think it'll be too yeah. too heavy. And I I like I've seen enough to trust the people and their their doings. And yeah, they, the thing yeah. is that Bran Bran is a really important character to keep alive simply so that he can see the past, mm-hmm. so that things like R plus L equal J can be mm-hmm. revealed within the plot of the episode without anyone actually knowing about it. Like presumably, everyone who knew about that is is dead, right? Yeah. So, well, actually, I don't know because like the, the uh, there were like nurses and stuff in the room, right? With uh, yeah, it, with them, so I assume someone's got to be alive to confirm it, right? I think that one nurse, because like even if you rewatch that scene, the camera lingers an awful lot on that nurse woman who was in there with uh, uh, with uh, with them when Ned showed up, and she was you know young enough that she would still be alive, and she would just be you know older. So someone has to be alive to to confirm this theory to somebody, right? That yeah. that. Uh, John is is uh, Lyanna, uh, Lyanna Starks and and Rhaegar Targaryen's son, and not Ned yeah. Starks, right? Someone's got it. Someone's got to be there. There's what is it? What is his name? Jaharis or something? Was is the name everybody thinks it is? Something I don't know. Um, what do we miss? Oh, Danny got to uh, Dragonstone at the end and tore down the Stannis banner, and then kind of stared at that other m- map of the world that existed. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
Everybody's got their own map of the world. I think the one thing that that scene really uh, showed was that Cersei seriously does not know at all what she's doing. No. Because Dragonstone is not far away from King's Landing. It's not, like, they should be able to get to it. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jamie's even like, yeah, Danny's probably going to land at Dragonstone. And it's like this giant empty castle. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe send a couple guys to defend yeah. it and yeah. screw up her plan. Maybe a little bit. I don't know. Or, or how about fucking... About yeah. yeah. Or send, you know, your new friend, Mr. Eurotrash, and his thousand ships to go <laughs> fucking fuck him up. Yeah. Well, I assume he's headed, like, I think Euron Greyjoy's headed to Dragonstone, right? Because he's gonna... Like, we all assume his big plan is to go get Tyrion as a show. Yeah, no, but I mean, good faith, I'm but... saying in the world, they're right next to each other. Yeah, more or less, right? Like, yeah. as in Danny would have to, they would have to, like, cross paths. If, if they were in the bay at any, like, close amount of time, they would they would pass each other. <laughs> they would have to. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, Rob Callflesh, who was the big winner in episode one? Um, who who made the who made the early oh, yeah. bid early bid for MVP? <laughs> Mike Leapock, same question. Us, us, yeah. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I, yeah. I really enjoyed it. I, I uh, agree with both yeah, of you guys. No, honestly, the, that first four minutes, I, yeah. I don't want to say everything went downhill from there because it didn't. Because I thought the the episode is a pretty solid, you yeah. know, showing of what everyone was. But uh, nothing yeah. can top that first four minutes. Yeah, it, it, Arya Stark easily for me as well. It wins episode one and, and is the early... I mean, we still got, what, seven episodes to go? Yeah. But after episode one, Arya Stark is in the driver's uh, seat. Arya for... has staked her claim for yeah. season seven very strong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, She she's in the driver's seat. Anything we missed? Anything you she guys want to mention? She guns a-blazing. <laughs> Do we miss anything? Anything you guys want to mention before we uh, get out of here? Um, something that I read that is actually pretty interesting. Mm. Um, the actor who plays the Meister that uh, Sam talks to. The guy doing about, the autopsy thing? Yeah. Okay. Uh, he asks him about accessing the uh, the forbidden books. He is the same actor who plays the librarian that Tom Riddle, who becomes uh, Voldemort, asks about the forbidden books in the library in the Harry Potter movies. Oh, really? So apparently, oh. this guy's typecast as someone who gets asked about access to forbidden books in libraries. <laughs> That's great. There you go, British actors and actresses. <laughs> There's always a job for you. <laughs> so good. Oh, I love it. All right. Uh, so that concludes our review of the first episode of season seven, Game of Thrones, titled Dragonstone. Mike Leapock and Rob Cuffler, thanks for doing this. Uh, we'll get you guys back on. I'm sure you guys will return to. Uh, one of the other six or seven we got left this season. I'm not oh, exactly sure. Oh, I'm sure. sure we'll be back. Yeah, we'll, de- we'll definitely have you guys back. So that's it for Game of Thrones. And like, if you don't like The Bachelorette, then you can probably stop listening right now because we are going to seamlessly transition from this to Jess and Craig. Take it away, you guys. And we're back. Uh, I know earlier I promised that Jess would be on this, but I was mistaken. Unfortunately, she actually can't make it this week. So we wish her the best, and we'll probably catch her next week when we talk Bachelorette. But Craig Needles, yeah, Craig Needles is here. How's it going, Craig? Doing good. How are you? I'm all right. Um, 
hometown dates this week. One of the most looked forward to episodes, I think. Do you feel like they brought the heat this week, this time around, with the hometowns? Um, one of them was interesting. <laughs> one of them, one of them might have been all time interesting. Twenty five percent of the hometowns. Yeah. And actually, no, I'll, I'll I take that back. I think that Eric's hometown had some interest as well, but uh, Peter's and Brian's were were quite boring. Yeah. Um. But nonetheless, uh, one of them, as you said, may be the most interesting hometown in the history of the concept of hometowns. <laughs> so w- what do you say we go in order? Um, sure. First off, Rachel heads to Baltimore to hang out with Eric, who gave himself the nickname E-Bigger, which I was like, oh, good Lord. Anytime you give yourself a nickname, it's just like, ugh, terrible. And I don't know. I thought it was I – thought, I thought Eric's stock went up. During the hometown I, date, honestly. I thought that he had a very good hometown. Yeah. And look, as they said several times during the hometown, uh, Rachel and Eric, despite having similar ethnic backgrounds, similar racial backgrounds, came from very, very, very different worlds. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that they were able to talk about and discuss and work their way through. So I'd say that's uh, that's a win for all involved. Um, and very good news for, uh, for, for Eric. I thought he had a very good hometown. I thought that, uh, like you said, his, his stock went up. It, it actually made me think he might actually win this thing because I mean like he went in there he wasn't too uh, he wasn't too crazy they went and they shot a little hoops before uh, visiting the family and and the family was like as as normal pretty like as you can possibly be in that situation Absolutely. I think so yeah it's it's tough to be it's tough to be normal when you're on national television like having yeah. a meet in your own home on national television but they uh, they, they were pretty much there. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I that might be all I have to say about Eric. To be honest with you, like yeah, I, but he seems like a a good dude. And I yeah. think of, of the guys who are left, I, I think I'm pulling for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm I'm really not necessarily a fan of Brian. That said, no. If 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 Rachel picks Brian and spares us from a season of Brian, of Brian as the Bachelor, that's fine with me. Yeah, I don't think I I I think with their their it feels like they're grooming. Man, I don't. I, you know what? I don't know. Maybe because, like, you're right, because Brian, earlier they were definitely grooming Brian to be the Bachelor, but now it feels like Peter's going to be, I don't know, I could go, it feels like Eric's going to win right now in this, as we are recording this and having this conversation right now. Doesn't it feel like Eric's going to win? I think it's going to be him or Peter. Yeah. You think Brian? Brian's the next guy out? I think so. Yeah. I I, I think I agree. I, I absolutely think I agree. Uh... I just I feel like Peter is going to be the bachelor. I I feel like that is the or the next bachelor, if they you know choose to use the feeder system because they didn't do I, it last year. I agree. Year. Uh, but someone on uh, on Juliet Litton's podcast in the Bringer, uh, one of the mm. like someone brought up the idea of uh, uh, of running it back with Ben Higgins, which like. Oh yeah, <laughs> that would like, be very fine interesting. With me. Yeah, that's not fine with me. I'll I'll, yeah. I'll 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 run that I'll run that hand again. That's fine with me. Um, be better if but, like. JoJo broke up with uh, Jordan Rogers, and then they did the thing with you know Ben's down to like four or five girls, and then JoJo shows up at his front door and be like, "Oh my god, that's JoJo's music!" Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah, that 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 would instantly be one of the all-time great moments. <laughs> and then JoJo actually steals him away. God, that'd be good. Just bucking the trend. Um, yeah, so that was it. So Eric. Basically, really solid hometown date. Didn't embarrass himself. Stock went up. Is 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 basically how I would uh, would would describe that. 
situation. So then she headed to Miami, Florida to meet Brian where they played a little dominoes. I didn't actually know they had domino parks in Florida, but that's pretty cool. And they uh, eat a little arita, which is great. God, I love that stuff. Can't get good Mexican food up here in Canada. Um, some places in Toronto. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I The way I kind of fell for the producer bits a little bit with Brian's mom. Because they really editor edited her in English to be... A, a real like monster-in-law type thing and we got i'd say about 30 percent of that but not what i wanted i i thought we were gonna get it because when she walked in you could tell she's she's like the super over mom because when brian walked in his mother immediately pushed two other family members out of the way <laughs> to hug her son so i was like oh my god we're, we're in for something here and uh we we didn't quite get that what was your take on brian's hometown day craig it was it was fine, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it seemed like a, obviously a, a somewhat different family situation, mm-hmm. and like you know the the crazy mom element is something that uh, mm-hmm. if we have not dealt with ourselves, everyone knows someone who's dealt with the crazy mom aspect of it. And I'm mm-hmm. not saying that Brian's mom is crazy, but that obviously like the fact that uh, she seems to be relatively intense is sort of uh, as has played on his relationship. So yes, it was fine, I suppose. Stock up or down for you for Brian in this one? Unchanged. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think he, he stays at, at a neutral. Uh, yeah. I, I think Rachel is incredibly attracted to Brian in on a physical level. I and agree. I'm pretty sure that's that's just been carrying him the entire way. Like, Do you agree or disagree with that statement? Uh, yeah, I think so. Because, like, I, I, again, like, we, we only get a, a certain cut of what goes on, what the situation mm-hmm. is. But I don't see them having, like, these, like, great deep conversations. And, again, maybe that's what's happening, but they're just not showing that to us. It's not the most dramatic part. I don't know. But I don't see that happening. Um, so, yeah, I would not say that there's some sort of great connection there, at least from what we can see on camera. Um, but I think that she thinks that Brian is a very attractive guy, which, you know, let's, you know, cards on the table here. Brian's a pretty attractive guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Stock on change for Brian. So third spot we went to, we went to Madison, Wisconsin for what feels like the 90th time in the last two seasons of The Bachelor. Uh, they love out. Wisconsin, or yeah. at least at the very least have been forced into loving Wisconsin. Because if you look at the last five seasons of The Bachelor, yeah. there's been heavy Wisconsin content because Nick has been a very big part of this three times. <laughs> And now here we have Peter. Yeah. And, hey, if Peter's the next Bachelor, we're going back to Wisconsin for the sixth time <laughs> That's in true. seven yeah. of this show. Good point. Oh, what are the odds? Madison. So Madison's stock is definitely going out. Madison and Milwaukee. They <laughs> yeah. love those places. Absolutely. Those just good, good old, you, you know, just good hometown American places, you know, just, just good right. old. Um, so we hung out with Peter and his friends, which, I don't know, I thought that scene was a little awkward because it was... <laughs> It was a little to me like, hey, look at me with my black friends and stuff. I, I don't know. It seemed a little forced to me. But uh, family seemed normal enough. Uh, oh, I yeah. Get, there yeah. A, a, a typical Wisconsin family. Like I said, um, two of the four dates, Brian's and Peter's, there wasn't really a whole lot that happened. Hmm. So that was one of the ones where not a whole lot happened. So I think that much like Brian, Peter's stock was unchanged based on what happened on the hometown. Yeah, I agree. 
there's really nothing else to mention. I mean, I think the thing, obviously, they've, they've done this thing where Peter keeps saying that he's got his guard up, and they did in the, uh, they showed uh, Peter in the, you know, in the next week on The Bachelorette thing, they showed his, uh, his sit down with Rachel's family, and he had the thing, he had the, the moment where he said to the family, you know, I haven't fully committed to Rachel yet. And that's obvious. That, I think, is going to be the thing that is his undoing, which leads to Bachelor Bachelor Peter. I, yeah. I just, everything we've seen I this week. I've got no problem with Bachelor Peter. No, I'd be fine with Bachelor Peter. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, and the ladies seem to like him and from what I've been reading online and hearing in various other podcasts. And uh, he does a decent, like, talking head interview, so I think he'll be all right as the Bachelor because you got to be able to, like, because that's a big part if you're carrying the season. You've got to be able to do your, your talking head type stuff, which is why I don't think Dean would have made a very good Bachelor because I don't think he's... I don't think he's terrible, but I don't think he he could carry an entire season doing talker head, talking head interviews. I agree with that. Yeah, which slides us into the fourth and final hometown date. Pretty where, standard. Yeah, very standard. <laughs> Nothing really happened. So so Rachel goes to Aspen, Colorado, at a time of year where there's no snow, so it you know looks muddy, much like places where there's a lot of snow it, it just is muddy all the time so they decide to go atv in and they're having a good time atving and then dean sits down and starts explaining the situation to rachel of his father who is some sort of spiritual guru chic type thing i'm not exactly sure i don't presume to know any of this stuff but man it was it was some kind of strange and, and they lived in this weird like shanty house in the middle of nowhere and their lawn was filthy and good lord <laughs> like like what, what like obviously dean stock went has like I don't think there has ever been as dramatic a drop during the hometown dates, at least not as I as long as I've been watching The Bachelor. This is this is a I can't think of anything worse than it. But honestly, like if you could like in your head write out like if you were like writing The Bachelor as mm-hmm. fiction and write out a worse hometown date, could you do it? I no. Not it, it would it would have to be like like you'd have to it take would have it to get incredibly dark dark like yeah one confessing to a crime or yeah. like in this particular case like you've got like a a, a rachel sitch a, a racist rather situation gone mm-hmm. awry um but like as far as like you know standard stuff there's yeah. just nothing yeah without involving crime or racism or any anything super dark i absolutely agree with yeah. you I, I don't think you could you could at, sit down and pen a worse hometown date. Like, there's no way Dean... It, it, like, I want to go back and watch the... Ep- I, I wish I could go back, and unfortunately I deleted off my PBR. I wish I could go back and watch the episode before to see Dean's react. Because, like, Dean was sitting there... I remember Dean sitting there thinking... Or he was talking with somebody while Rachel was on, like, the, the group date. And was saying, like... I th- he was just basically expressing his worry about the hometown dates because there's no way Dean was sitting there thinking, okay, I just got to get to the hometown dates. That's where I'll shine. My family will bring it home for me, right? Like, like he, he in his heart of hearts, knew, I think, the second he went on this hometown date 
that was probably going to be it for him, which is, I, I like, because he was standing there at that rose ceremony kind of resigned to his fate, I think. And it's, yeah, there's just no way he was confident coming, going into or coming out of that situation, right? I don't, I can't even imagine what Dean was thinking in that situation. No. Like, and I, I honestly really hope that Dean goes to paradise and yeah. something very nice happens for Dean because he seems like a good enough dude. Agree. Yeah. Absolutely agree. But, like, to me, the, the thing that I think was most telling about the entire situation was when he got his his, talk, his talking head interview halfway through the date and he looked directly into the camera and basically said, my strategy is to suppress my emotions. <laughs> like, I'm going to shove them all the way down there and then forget that any of this is going on. And I'm like, oh, boy, that's not healthy whatsoever, right? Like, oh, Dean, oh, bad idea. Oh, God. So just some of the stuff that went on in this date his like he had all of his brothers and sisters there who I don't think did Dean mention that he had brothers and sisters before because I remember sitting there uh, I didn't hear it but he, he may have obviously mentioned that to Rachel mm-hmm. but obviously it wasn't put on on television yeah I don't know if, yeah I don't know if the audience knew because I don't I don't feel like I I remember him mentioning having siblings so he sat there with the siblings who were seemed you know uh, relatively well adjusted like like dean does and i mean his sister had a a little bit of a meltdown but i think any normal human being would given that particular situation so i don't i don't blame her for for that at all but like yeah his father was sitting there in in like the turban and the thing and and you know he 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 had the beard which is pretty pretty much as long as the beard i am currently sporting right now and was yeah, it like, that long? Like, your beard's not that long, is it? <laughs> well, it's getting there. You haven't seen me in a right. while, Craig. Not in person, anyway. Uh, right, 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 right. But, uh, like, yeah, he was sitting there playing the the, the gong, but he was, like, I, playing it as, as an actual instrument, and not, I don't know, man. Yeah. There was the one moment where I thought it was going to be very sincere when he gave out the, when he gave the gift of, uh, what did he say, the feathers? Yeah. Whatever it was, that was a very touching, touching moment, and I kind of sat there thinking, okay, okay, Dean's gonna be okay, and then it, it and like fell the, the apart moment from there. when he's talking about how his wife is this most wonderful person, except for my current wife, like yeah, that shit's awkward. Like, look, people have situations where they get remarried, and that's fine, and sometimes someone passes away, and like mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine what that's like, but. That's just not what you want to be doing on national television. Like, just like make sure you you know what sort of situations are going to come up. Just like make sure your words are rehearsed properly, and especially when you haven't seen your son in a long time. Just like, oh, poor Dean. Yeah, it, I mean, like, just... and and Dean, look, Dean's had a tough life. Like, he mm-hmm. lost his mom at a very young age, and and most of us can't imagine what that's like. Um, and then that sort of turned his relationship with his father, and again, that's that's pretty difficult. But at the same time, like, oh, it's just. Uh, it's not good. It was. It was. It was. It was not a good spectacle for television. Yeah, it is going to be. I. I don't think like like I don't feel like this hometown date will ever be topped. Like no one like I. Like JoJo's you... mom on a hometown date. Yeah. With. With Ben. Yeah. She drank wine straight out of the bottle. Yeah. During while her while her two Jersey Shore esque sons were arguing with the bachelor basically kind of sinking jojo we we all kind of thought that was bringing jojos but even she managed to power through to get back to the top two Uh, 
So do you uh, rank that moment as your all-time favorite? Uh... I, I, I did until what I saw the other day. And yeah. I, favorite's not the right word, just cringeworthy in this case. Well, yeah. I love JoJo's mom. I thought she was awesome. Yeah, favorite's probably but... not the right word. Most memorable, I would, Most I memorable would say. Most memorable is probably yeah. the best way to look at it. Yeah, JoJo's mom was awesome, but this is a, a whole other level. Because like, this is going to be the hometown. Like, anytime there's going to be a disaster on a hometown date going forward, this will be what like what it's compared to, right? Like, let's say somebody's somebody's mother just does something so horrid that it ruins their their son's chances on the bachelor or bachelorette and then we're gonna we'll come on this podcast and go you know down the line now that was pretty bad but wasn't as bad as dean's weird spiritual guru father (laughs) and then we'll probably go no No, it's not because like basically everything that occurred during dean and rachel's hometown date was a moment that should never in a million years be on national TV. Like, it, it was all just personal. Like, if just, you haven't seen... Right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It was too personal. If you haven't seen uh, a parent in that long, mm-hmm. try to find literally any way possible for that moment to not be on national TV. If you're Dean, yeah. and you know you're about to go on The Bachelorette, and hey, who knows what's going to happen? There's 30-something dudes there, and this is going to be an odd issue unless I'm one of the top four. But if you're Dean, before you go on The Bachelorette, you might want to just, like, make a call and say, Dad, listen... Mm-hmm. Like I, the odds are against this. The odds are, you know, one out of eight. But I'm probably not going to show up uh, with a national film crew and about and someone who I really, really care about. But maybe there's a chance that's true. Man, let's I, just try yeah. to like bury the hatchet before that goes down. You would think if you're Dean, that conversation occurs at some point. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 obviously tough because I can't I can't speak to any of the any of the stuff that. Uh, Dean's been through. I don't. I don't presume to know. Do you think that this? Now we mentioned earlier that we both think Peter's going to be. I'm. I'm still kind of on Team Peter. But do you think that this may or may not have propelled Dean as a sympathetic figure into maybe being the Bachelor going forward? I'm going to say no. No. Okay. No. From ABC's perspective, mm-hmm. not from the audience perspective. From ABC's perspective, they're like, all right, this was fun once. Let's not like. Mm-hmm. We're we're not playing with that particular wasp nest again. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, well, that's a great way to describe it. Yeah, yeah, we're we're like it was it was it was fun for a while. It was one hell of a rush, but uh, let's let's cash out while we can. Um, and there's also the angle of like, look, fair or unfair, what Dean said uh, the the night that he met Rachel the first time. Again, like Rachel seems to be fine with that. Mm, oh, right. She seems to be fine with that, but. Still, that's that's that that's something that I think that ABC would want to avoid as as far as their bachelor, because they, when it comes to their bachelors and bachelorettes, they want those people to be squeaky clean. Yeah. Squeaky clean. Like they do social media deep dives on them. Lee was never going to be the bachelor for a variety of reasons, but mostly because, let's just say that somehow his social media bullshit had like gone under the radar during this whole season, Lee gets to the final four. Mm-hmm. If they were like, hey, we should ask Lee to be The Bachelor, they would have done a little quick tour of his social media. Oh, wait, he hates feminists? Oh, wait, he says Black Lives Matter is just like ISIS? You know what? Maybe we should get this guy the hell out of here. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I, I think that because of that desire to have those people be squeaky clean, not that Dean's a bad guy. I like Dean. I think he's a decent dude. But uh, I just don't think it was something that uh, was going to happen. It's weird because you mentioned that Dean was one of the guys, like he had the, uh, uh, you know, once you go black, you don't go black back line. That that yep. uh, made me think that you know, um, 
of the four guys that got to meet Rachel pre on, on that that uh, women tell all show when when yep. she got announced as the Bachelorette, two of them made the final four: Eric and Dean. That's true. Yeah, I did. I didn't. Point. Yeah, that's that's. So that's I hadn't something thought about, about that. I forgot that Eric was part of that. But yeah. yes, you're right. Um, do you think, in your opinion, that she, Rachel liked Brian more than Dean before Dean's hometown? No. So, like you, so oh no, no, sorry. Yes, yes, I do. I think you that do. Rachel has always been very infatuated with Brian. Okay. Time. Cause I gotta say, I I honestly thought she really liked Dean, and the, and just the the family stuff with Dean, like like Rachel has portrayed herself, I assume, like in her actual life, as well as on this show, and for at least from what we've seen from her, as Rachel is just she's just a no nonsense woman. She doesn't like any kind of. She's not into drama or any any kind of, you know doings that would have transpired in, 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 in that sort of medium. So, you know, I honestly think she liked Dean and then she just, you know, she went to the family and it, that like, that just wasn't her scene at all. And I really, I honestly think that she liked Dean and it's just, she just like took a step back and was like, Nope. <laughs> right? And that was pretty much it. Cause I don't know that, that like, that sort of thing would be a deal breaker in in relationships going forward. I, I believe, like just in real life relationships, not just yeah. in this in this game show that sort of pre- pretends to be centered around relationships. So Dean ends up going home at the rose ceremony, which you know <laughs> kind of was expected based on the yeah. situation. Yeah, that was never going to happen. And once it got down, would it have been would it have been more suspenseful for you because it got down to Peter and Dean. And then she said Peter. And, and when it got down to Peter and Dean, I was like, okay, Dean's gone. Would it have been more suspenseful for you if it was Brian and Dean? Yes. Well, yeah. Uh... Just like a, yes. just like yes. a touch more, it, it right? It would have been. It would have been. been. Yeah. Been. I, but like, here's the thing, though. I think that no matter who it was with Dean, it was never going to be that suspenseful. Yeah. Like, you're always probably thinking, all right, this is probably in the line for Dean. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it was it – was... We could have brought Waboom back and had him with Dean in that situation. Yeah. Probably, you know, it's probably going to be Waboom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's been in commercials. He's got some commercial money. So, right. like, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Um, I just, I mean, you've been watching The Bachelor or Bachelorette, uh, you know, longer than, than, than I have. Has there anything been even close? Because, like, I honestly think this was, this was, this was, a, like, th- this hometown date was... I don't want to say Dean was tripping on the finish line, but if it's the 200 meter, he got to like the 500 to the 150 mark. And here's what I'll say though. You know, like tripped on a shoe. Like, like, here's the thing though. As far as like the crazy situation Dean was put in, I don't know how he could have handled it that no. much better. No. Yeah. I, I like, I completely agree. I thought, I thought like, he Dean's handled crazy it. Crazy dad was going to be Dean's crazy dad. Yeah. No matter what Dean did. I, I thought he handled it with as much grace and dignity as you possibly could in that, in that situation. I honestly do. I don't like, I, I completely agree with you. I think, I think he, he handled it. It was just like, this was the thing. If, if he got to this point, no matter what he did, this was going to sink him with whatever and I'm not just saying with Rachel I'm saying with whatever you could take any bachelor bachelorette in past history or going forward if Dean makes it to the final four this sinks him 100% of the time and I think yes. he ends yeah yes I agree with that yeah and it, it, it's too bad and I I, I I agree with you to say to call back to something you said earlier in the podcast I hope he ends up going to paradise and something awesome happens for him 
Yeah, because he seems like a good dude, and yeah, I think he was just put in a literally unwinnable situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's too bad. Uh, anything else you wanted to uh, mention well, from this that, particular? I, that's it. I guess I guess our only thing left to do now is yeah. who do you think Rachel will be engaged to by the time the final episode's over? Um, is it? We got two more episodes left, right? Two more episodes. Two more episodes. So let's let me do the bad thing and answer your question with a question that's bad bad podcasting but i'm gonna do it anyway um who do you think goes home next week because to me i think it's down to brian and peter and so and i'm I gonna think peter goes home this week peter goes home this week yeah i, I think i agree and, and, I, and you know what honestly if i were abc i mm-hmm. would be thrilled by that yeah because if if rachel doesn't pick peter then you've got your easy risk-free bachelor Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you don't have like you know that th- like okay, this is the guy, and problem solved, and and the audience likes him. He tests well, from what I understand. Like that is if if you're ABC, you're like all right, just if as long as Rachel's not engaged to Peter, we're good. And I think that's what's going to happen here. Yeah. And to so answer, I think that Peter is uh, is the guy that goes. Yeah. Uh, I completely agree with you. And to answer your question from earlier, I believe Eric wins this when it's all said and done. I really want that to be true mm-hmm. i think he's a better dude than brian is yeah um, i mean i i just i just don't know but i want that to be true yeah i i i think it's eric i mean brian's just i mean he's one of those alien face huggers with his mouth right like, yeah it's just that's not good oh god it's so and bad here, here, that's here, another here, reason if, if she does pick brian though and abc's tempted to pick her yeah. pick him as the batch um, we don't have to watch a season of him doing that with with, with thirty women. women. Yeah, great point. Yeah, I couldn't see because you that know what you want to watch. I don't want to watch. No, that. and you know Brian on the first night would make out with at least two, right? Like uh, I think two. Like I would love to set a line on that, <laughs> like and I would three. I would hammer the over on. Yeah, two. like, like <laughs> I would I would have a hard time taking the under on anything. Like until you get to four and a half, that's when I start to think about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Oh, yeah. I couldn't stand an entire season of having to watch uh, Brian <laughs> make out with the ladies. Yeah, that would be yeah terrible. So for all those reasons and more, let's hope that Peter is the Bachelor next year. I yeah. agree. But yeah, and then I would let's keep that Madison, Wisconsin thing going, man. I can't believe you you, you figured that out on the podcast. That's brilliant. Let's keep that Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah, they, they love Wisconsin again. Like, well, a lot of it is that Nick Vial was was, was yeah. heavily, heavily, heavily involved in this show for a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he had a, he had an unprecedented run of like yes, yeah yes. five year run. He's, he's he's the Lou Gehrig of the Bachelor. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know why I went with Lou Gehrig instead of Cal Ripken. That was yeah. dark. Uh, but <laughs> he's Lou Gehrig of The Bachelor. Yeah. We will see if um, if 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 they want to go back to the particular well that is uh, Madison and or Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yeah. Cal Ripken was probably more appropriate because there was a little bit of selfishness involved with Nick keeping the streak alive, too. Oh, Cal Ripken shots fired by me. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nick was clearly past his prime. Um, Nick and Vanessa are still together, right? I think so, yeah. Off the top, I haven't I haven't read any sort of... Well, I'm uh, Googling it right now to find out whether Nick and Vanessa are still together. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they were just seen uh, at, a, at a, a charity fundraiser two days ago, so, yeah. Good they're, for them. Uh, they're still hanging out, having a good time. <laughs> good for them. But as mentioned earlier, Ben Higgins is available. Yeah, That's... yeah, Ben Higgins super available. Honestly, and... the, they've got to be happy. Like now that you've mentioned that, the Bachelor producers have got to be a little bit happy to have that in their back pocket, right? 
oh yeah, just in case things go really wrong, like, oh, let's just ask Ben again. Now, yeah. would Ben want to do it again? Who knows? But like, mm-hmm. probably like, excuse me, sir, would you like to be on a national television program in which thirty women throw themselves <laughs> at, at you? you. We, yeah, we we cut the, the the thing as though you're just like the handsomest, most chiseled, best dude in the history of time. Would you like to be on that show? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, let me think about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... Well, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and these women will probably do virtually anything to get you. <laughs> right, just... yeah. Well, what, do you, what do you think of that idea? Yeah. Does that, does that sound appealing to you? Uh, uh, but yeah, and, like, no one's more polished on camera than, than Ben Higgins when it comes to uh, yeah. Bachelor history. Mm-hmm. Uh, I shouldn't say no one, but he's he's definitely close to the top of that. He's up there, yeah, because he, he gave excellent talking head interviews. I remember that in the entire scene. And he is a, man, a bachelor who once told three different women that he loved them. So uh, Yeah, that, exactly. That, he, who doesn't want that drama? <laughs> exactly. He's got that going for him again. Uh, good for him. Uh, Craig Needles, we will be back next week to talk Rachel's hometown date because the final three will be talking to her or meeting her that, family. Uh, that I'm very interested in because yeah. I don't think... I think we're not going to see uh, uh, Judge Lindsay at any point. In this no, whole. the man whose Wikipedia page is a photo of him shaking hands with, at the time, President Bill Clinton. No, I don't think he'll be making appearance <laughs> on the on the uh, on the on, on the, the Bachelorette. Bachelorette. No, I, I, I don't think that'll be happening. <laughs> Call me like I'm gonna go out on the on the widest limb I've ever gone out on here. It's sturdy on this limb right now, Craig. I'm telling you. But yeah, I don't think that will be occurring. But I, I think it'll be, I think it's going to be a hell of a thing. And it certainly seems like Brian has some sort of awkward moment, and Peter has some sort of awkward moment. And they didn't really show Eric in the, uh, in the previews, which leads me to believe that he had he puts up the best performance of the week meeting and Rachel's like, family. Like, yeah. like, like elephant in the room. Yeah. There's like you know Eric's got a situation where it, the, Rachel's family would feel differently about him than the other two guys. Yeah doesn't mean that Eric's a better guy. I think Eric is the best guy of the three. But... I, yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> yeah. Like at this well, point, I, it just, that there, that's going to be definitely one of the conversations like mm-hmm. it was with Eric's family. Yeah. And they, they showed that on there as well. So it's going to be an interesting, uh, interesting situation. Mm-hmm. And Eric kind of came out of nowhere too. Cause like there, like at the beginning of the season, it looked like he was going to be the controversial guy. Right. Cause there was the scene yeah. of him. He was yelling at Lee though, wasn't he? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, black black man yells at racist. Now, now that yeah. we analyze it that way, it doesn't seem as controversial. Exactly. It's, it's a completely reasonable thing yeah. for him to have done. In uh, light of in light of newer, more revealing evidence, yeah. <laughs> we, we realize <laughs> now, that now that we've heard more about this situation, we can change our minds. Exactly. Um, but yeah, he wasn't someone who was uh, a front runner the whole way. But you know what? They, there's been a lot of seasons in history of this show where that's been the case, where someone who really wasn't like in mm-hmm. the mix and, and getting a lot of screen time the whole time wound up being the winner. The last couple of years, that has been the case. Like obviously, uh, as we discussed before, like basically from the second Jordan Rogers said that yeah, on the limo, like, oh, he's in the lead, and that never changed yeah. the entirety of the season. And there's been a couple other situations like that. Caitlin's season a little bit different. There was some back and forth, and for a while you thought, okay, Nick's definitely the guy, and then there was Sean, and there's a couple other dudes in there. Um... And, and I think a good season, we were just talking about Ben Higgins. Uh, yeah. Ben Higgins is an example of that, where a lot of people thought Becca was was definitely the person he was going to pick. And mm-hmm. uh, there were a few other potential uh, potential outcomes there. But um, Yeah, Ben Higgins was weird because, like, Lauren, it seemed like, when you got, like, about three episodes in, it seemed like Lauren was his girl. But then JoJo was just so enigmatic and awesome that, like, yeah. you JoJo's thought, great. yeah, you thought she was going to pull it out in the end because it was just like, she's so awesome. There's no way... 
Ben Higgins is going to take the... I mean, Lauren seems like a, a lovely, uh, like a fine young lady, but it, it just, she didn't she didn't have what JoJo had. And, and I think it just came down to Ben Higgins was more into blonde women, to be perfectly honest with you. With uh, honestly, that one. I, don't know, I don't know what it is, but like, yeah. I, I just like, can't be in a situation where I was in the impression that someone like JoJo was willing to marry me yeah. as a single dude. Mm-hmm. And my thought process was, you know what? No, I'm going to go another way. Like, yeah. I, can't, I can't imagine being in that situation, but that's just me. Yeah, that's a strange yeah, situation. Yeah, I agree. It's like, oh, the other woman is not Christina Hendricks? Oh, okay, then I'm just going to go with JoJo then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it, it, it just feels as though, like, the uh, if you're if you're a single guy, just, like, yeah. hanging out, like, oh, JoJo seems, like, pretty much, like, you know, almost like she was designed in a lab. She's so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's good. Um, yeah, I... But yeah, crossover podcast pulling for Eric. We we we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're rooting for Eric at this point, I think, and Same we're rooting spot. for Eric and Peter to be the next Bachelor if it can't be Ben Higgins. So uh, yeah, that's our opinion. Craig, we'll talk to you next week, and we'll probably do this again next week where it's the same thing where uh, a couple people will come on to talk Game of Thrones with me, and then you and Jess will be back on, and we'll discuss Rachel's uh, family meeting all three Bachelorette contestants. Uh, take care, Craig, and we'll see you next week. Sounds good to me. All right. See you, everybody.